When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. On a finally Friday morning, how are you, everybody? Boy, there were plenty of folks that were excited to get into the Wisconsin State Fair yesterday. Gates opened at 11 a.m., and Michelle Stangler, our farm intern, said that there were people in line ready to go. The weather should not deter people from the State Fair, although we do have a chance of rain in the forecast pretty much every day from now through Monday. Today's highs 82, tomorrow 86, Sunday 86 degrees. Armor Animal Health believes that prevention is the best medicine. That's why Armor Animal Health is your integrated solution for preventing disease in your herd. They bring together the lab, the products, and the veterinarians to treat the problems your herd is facing. Respond with a plan to maintain your herd's health and act before the problem worsens. You can order herd health products and supplies online at ArmorAnimalHealth.com. Armor Animal Health, detecting diseases, defending animals, delivering promises. ArmorAnimalHealth.com. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Maybe the busiest place in Wisconsin for agriculture right now is the Wisconsin State Fair in West Dallas. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. But one place that is not running out of things to do and activities, the Wisconsin Farm Center. And Pam, the Wisconsin Farm Center answers a lot of questions, takes a lot of phone calls. They're a busy place, aren't they? Absolutely, Bob. Fabulous farm bay, Pam Yankee, at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, literally about 10 miles from the Wisconsin Farm Center, housed within the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection. And, you know, I like to visit with these folks, Bob, because it kind of gives us a sense of the overall mood or tone of the agriculture audience across the state. Dan Bauer is one of the staff members handling the phone calls at the Wisconsin Farm Center and fielding some of the emails. And he tells me that the call volume has been fluctuating through 2021 compared to when we were seeing some historical highs in light of the pandemic. And the conversation tones are very interesting. It's not just about uh, what's happening with succession planning. Now Bauer also tells me they're talking about things like long-term milk contracts and concerned dairy farmers have about where they're going to ship their milk. We talked about it all and Dan started off by giving me a sense on the call volumes they've been handling. Yeah, thanks for having me today, Pam. We're just super excited to be here and be on the Midwest uh, Farm Report. So yeah, just a pleasure always to visit with you and your audience. And um, yeah, one thing I wanted to talk about this morning is is those call numbers, those calls that are coming in as new inquiries to either our Farm Center helpline or our Farm Center email. And uh, we are. It's a great time to talk about it. We're six months in, seven months into 2021. And when we look at the first three months, so it's the months that I would call Q1 in 2021, what we were getting is about uh, about three calls per day. And so these would be new inquiries with new questions or new cases about different farm issues uh, just going on in the industry. So I think uh, for a three-month projection, I think that was just under 200 calls. 
Now, interestingly enough, when we go into Q2, so those would be the months of April, May, June, that actually dropped down, Pam, to about 2.5. And so that was about 160, 170 calls for that three-month period. And you might ask me, well, why? Why would that happen? And I actually think it makes sense. You know, when you enter the month of March, farmers are thinking about making crops, planting crops, maybe harvesting those crops. And the other thing that comes into play, too, is all those summer activities, the breakfast on the farm, the county fairs, the state fairs. So anyway, we did see a slight drop in calls um, for those spring months. Now, ironically, uh, for the month of July, uh, the office is reopened. The staff is uh, now working live at the DATCAP office, and uh, we're starting to get three calls per day and over now. And so that'll, again, project out to more of that, you know, uh, three, four hundred uh, calls for maybe the next three months, which would be a little bit more typical uh, to what we saw early in the year. What are they asking about this time of the year? You know, I know there's some constants that are always being discussed, but what seem to be the high-level conversations that are striking with you? Yeah, so a couple things that come up often is um, we're certainly seeing farms return to the conversation about the transition and succession plans they're trying to make. I think what the staff will tell you, Pam, is is there were several of those conversations started pre-pandemic, and they were put on pause when it was so difficult to meet in person. And now, as some of those restrictions and guidelines are being relaxed, it's a little bit more easy to meet people face-to-face safely. We're seeing some of those plans uh, come back into action, and we're starting to have more farm meetings. Uh, The team was at Farm Tech Days last week. Um, We are planning to be at State Fair World Dairy Expo in October, and we'll also be presenting at the Farm Bureau's uh, state national or state meeting uh, in December as well. Super. Dan Bowers in studio with us. He's one of the voices that you might catch when you call the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture's Wisconsin Farm Center hotline. And remember, as Dan pointed out, uh, that's not only a phone call away, it's an email away. Why don't we give that to him, and Dan, just in case people are suddenly saying, wait a minute, I've never heard of this. The program's been around for a while, but it's always nice to refresh their memory. Yeah, perfect, Pam. Thank you for that lead-in. Um, the team on the Farm Center manages a 1-800 helpline, and that number is one 800 And farmers in Wisconsin are welcome to give us a call Monday through Friday, and staff are available to take calls on a variety of topics. And what we'll aim to do is either deliver you assistance ourselves, or we'll try to refer you to some other resource, whether it be in government, in private industry, and um, try to get you the help you need uh, as appropriate. And what about an email? I know some people feel a little bit more confident and comfortable going that route. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Pam. It's a great point. We actually have a group email box, and it's super easy. It's farmcenter at wi.gov. So that email, again, is farmcenter at wi.gov, and that's monitored by the whole team. And so what we can do is we can scan your email, and then we can forward it to the appropriate member of our staff. Um, Each staff's got a little different background and a little different expertise. So uh, we do try to route your inquiry to the appropriate uh, person on the team. Let's talk a little bit about staff. Uh, You know, we we were kind of kidding before we got on the air about how Dan's always looking for more people to help join the Farm Center uh, staff. How are caseloads for your folks? Give us a little sense of behind the scenes. I mean, I always think about you folks because you handle some tough conversations sometimes. That takes a toll on you as an individual because you care so passionately about the people you're trying to help. What's the caseload looking like and how many folks are behind the scenes? Yeah, great, great comments, Pam. And um, yeah, currently um, we've got several uh, staff 
couple from the lending industry. Uh, one has 15 years of experience with the Farm Center, one uh, over five. Then we also have a member on the team who came to us from Minnesota Startment Department of Ag. Um, he'd also worked in ag education and Minnesota Extension. I think he's been with the Farm Center for about three years now. Uh, but the team is multi-generational. You know, I think when you look out in the next four to five years, you know, I anticipate a potential retirement or two. So um, we are actually in the process of trying to hire a new farm financial consulting and transition specialist. And I think that's going to be an important position to fill because like I talked about, Pam, you know, as people relook at these transition plans that may have been on pause the last 15 months, you know, we want to be uh, uh, staffed up to be able to uh, uh, take those cases and really run with them and help, and help farms come with a, a real actionable plan. We were talking about some of the trends, some of the conversations that you're having and the fact that succession planning, estate planning is back more towards the front of the list. What other things are people, though, still challenged by, Dan? You and I travel in the same circles, and whether they're formally calling and asking for help or whether it's just hallway conversation, there are some underlying conversations that have to be addressed, and Farm Center's there to help on those, too. Yeah, totally, Pam. And the one that comes to mind first is the drought. I think that's a big topic right now. And it was interesting. We did not hear a lot of chatter about it really in uh, April, May, and even into June. But I can tell you, just in the past probably two weeks, we've been getting, getting more calls directly from farmers and also from elected officials that represent farmers. And I think what's happening in just talking uh, to these dairy farmers and to these officials, I think, you know, people that pasture their cattle, the pastures are drying up. And I think the other thing, too, now that people are starting to make third crop hay, I think some of the volumes are not what people were anticipating. And I think people are looking at that very difficult reality like, hey, we're going to have to purchase and source some feed. You know, we can't sell animals or that's not ideal. So we're going to have to feed these critters. You know, we're going to have to uh, source feed. And then, then there's two challenges with that. You have to find it and then you have to pay for it. So, um, you know, that's something that's definitely been on the minds of both farmers and the elected officials that we interact with. Yeah, the other thing that we have also been hearing about since the pandemic, probably even before the pandemic, it's not really something that the Farm Center can do a lot about, except listen. And that's there are some real uncertainties going forward. Wisconsin does a great job producing milk, but producers are concerned about the great job they're doing producing milk. Yeah, that's really well said. And and how I would frame it is farmers here are almost the victim of their own success. Uh, Farmers are baking better feed than they've ever made. Uh, Nutrition, genetics have improved. I think every farmer in Wisconsin now is, is just laser focused on cow comfort. And the fact, the brutal facts, Pam, is cows are making more milk per cow than ever before. And really what we have heard um, when we talk to both farmers and our industry contacts is the reality here is it is a competitive environment for just uh, securing a milk market. And that's just wild to think about. I think, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, if you needed a place to sell your milk, there were multiple people uh, competing for your milk. And it's really, really flipped now where if you're a producer of milk, you really need to compete uh, to keep your buyer because there are other farmers in the state, you know, looking to sell their milk. And I think this is a, a, an uncomfortable reality and something that um, what we've tried to do is, is advise farms, you need to be aware of this. Uh, the consumer's expectation is increasing, and therefore the criteria the milk buyers is increasing as well. 
it's not going to be enough to just do the bare minimum anymore. Um, we're encouraging farms to be in proactive, constant communication with their milk buyer to ensure that relationship is a good one and to ensure you know both the producer and the milk processor are on the same page. Yeah, that is a whole different kind of conversation for our farmers. Dan Bauer along with us from the Wisconsin Farm Center. Remember, it's housed within the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection. That toll-free hotline, if you want to inquire about services, 800-942-2474. 800-942-2474. Or send them an email, Center at wisconsin.gov. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. This summer, stop by Blaine's Farm and Fleet for all your farm repair and shop needs, like a 134-piece mechanics tool set from Wilmar, SAE and metric, on sale $69.99. Waxman wheels, casters, and floor protection now 20% off. Instantly save $30 on a 20-volt max lithium-ion cordless combo kit. Includes high-torque impact wrench, grease gun, LED spotlight, two 20-volt max batteries, charger, and tool bag. And save 20% on punches and chisels from Dasco. Plus, check out these great doorbuster deals. Krylon farm and implement paint now 10% off. And take $3 off Farm and Fleet 50-pound bags of performance dog food or 40-pound bags of original cat food. Rewards members take $5 off. Find your must-have items in-store or buy online and pick up in our convenient drive through And now, if you order by noon, try our new same-day local delivery option. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. When's the last time you reviewed your motorcycle insurance policy? you should call Prairie Land Insurance. When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009. Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our Our best best is is the very very least least we can do. do. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. Sure, she'll stop farming when pigs fly. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Oh, yeah. Day number two of the Wisconsin State Fair. Weather-wise, it's going to start getting a little bit sticky. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live this morning. And just in case you're wondering, as far as what's going on at the fair, I've got my daily rundown in front of me. And, of course, Stu, we're always focused in on what's happening in agriculture and I'm trying to figure out if I'm reading the right things. I'm watching the Case IH Coliseum where we're going to have uh, the hogs in today. It looks like beef cattle tomorrow. It's it's alive with activity, you know, but the heat is starting to come back on, isn't it? Yeah, the heat's starting to build in, and there is a little rain that's been seen here and there. I've got a couple of reports this morning from showers and a, the isolated storm that built in last night. 
17 hundredths of an inch at La Crosse, one one hundredth of an inch at Madison, Reedsburg and Sauk County, seven hundredths of an inch. Not a whole lot of rain anywhere, but some rain certainly has been trying to build in here and there. What I'm expecting is that we are going to talk about some scattered showers that chance around. You look at weather radar this morning. And we're seeing some rain still in that far southeast part of Wisconsin. The radar indicating the activity way down Milwaukee into the far southeast part of the state. But a cool front has dropped in out of the north into northwest Wisconsin, back toward northern Iowa, southern Minnesota. That front will drop a little further south, become stationary today, and keep that chance of a shower or storm in some areas. Pushing north is a warm front tomorrow. Low pressure building in from the west will allow for some shower and thunderstorm chance on and off. It's never going to start raining and not stop for the whole weekend. But the chance develops, especially on toward late this afternoon or evening into the nighttime and maybe early Saturday, again, late Saturday, Saturday night, about the same for Sunday. And almost any time in that time frame, we could talk about a couple of tenths of an inch here and there. Some thunderstorms, if you get one in your neighborhood, maybe something that provides a, a little heavier localized precipitation could be up to a half inch or better. But it does get warm and stay humid right into next week. That instability, that chance of a, a scattered shower storm sticking around into early and even mid parts of next week as well i'll have forecast details right after this when hot weather strikes your cattle milk production drops and feed intake decreases summer heat may also impact the viability of your herd's reproductive cells protect your bottom line this summer by adding BioVets bovine gold light to your cow's daily ration and keep the herd hydrated maintain milk production and keep your breeding program in check call now and they'll help you add bovine gold light to your animal health program 1-800-BIOVET-1 1-800-BIOVET-1 BioVet innovation at work BadgerBean.com puts the Wisconsin soybean farmer first, and it's your place to go for the latest soybean news and research from leading industry experts. Simple, easy-to-access resources for the betterment and advancement of a sustainable soybean industry right here in Wisconsin. BadgerBean.com, an invaluable tool constantly updated for Wisconsin soybean farmers. For info and the latest updates, find us on Facebook and visit BadgerBean.com today. All righty, Stu, let's have that forecast for the weekend. All right, the Compure Financial Ag Weather Update does include mostly cloudy skies. Oh, the sun breaks through now and again today, and I'd expect a morning shower in the southeast, the chance redeveloping almost anywhere in the state by late afternoon. Showers, maybe an isolated storm into the evening. Temps today, low to mid-80s, low 80s in the east, a little warmer in the west. Southwest winds, 5 to 10. Rain today, a tenth of an inch or so, that's all. That shower or thunderstorm chance lasts into the evening, otherwise partly cloudy. Mid and upper 60s, south winds at 5 to 10. Partly sunny Saturday. Again, an afternoon shower or a thunderstorm could develop. We'll be in the low to mid 80s, south winds at 5 to 10. Some rain chance Saturday night. Sunday, well, let's say partly sunny, still very warm. A scattered shower or storm in the morning, a little more likely in the afternoon. Mid to upper 80s, south winds stronger, 5 to 15, gusting to 30. Sunday, Sunday night, Pam, we could see some, oh, quarter, maybe half-inch amounts of rain to give us a, a damp start on into Monday, still with above-normal temps. Yeah, well, you know, we still kind of need the rain, especially in some areas of the state. I just, as the person that's going to be covering the state fair part of next week, I don't need the heat, I don't need the humidity, and I'm not necessarily excited about the rain, you know what I mean? 
Well, but we can't be choosers either when we're begging. That's that's true. Very good. Have a good weekend, Stu. Appreciate it. All right. See you Monday. Stumach is our ag meteorologist with the weather details you need. Brought to you this morning by Compure Financial. Compure Financial is committed to agriculture and rural America. Find out more on how they can help you. Visit Compure.com. And a couple of special agriculture notes from the Wisconsin State Fair. Tomorrow is the all-for-one goat show, pairing mentors with special needs kids to give them that sense of involvement at the fair. That's happening tomorrow at State Fair Park in West Dallas. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and... I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Interest rates are at all-time lows and home equity is at all-time highs. You know what that means? You can save big money by refinancing your mortgage loan. Whether you want to just save a few hundred dollars a month, consolidate some debt, or get money for home improvements, now's the time to call me. Educated Mortgage, the way home. Call Dan, the Mortgage Man. And at my last number, 222-652. Just about everyone from all walks of life have passed through these doors. Each with distinctive skills, dialects, stories, all with a couple of things in common. Sense of community and the love of a comfortable spot to chill out. The Tasting Room Lounge, the perfect refuge to enjoy your favorite cigar, spirit, specialty beer, or wine. Indoor or on the patio. Find your spot at the Tasting Room Lounge, West Broadway, Monona. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help with the miscellaneous sex offense investigation. On July 26, 2021, at approximately 1.01 a.m., NPD officers were dispatched to a hotel on Tradewinds Parkway reference a male who had exposed himself to an employee. The suspect was no longer unseen when officers arrived. Due to video evidence from the hotel, officers were able to positively ID the suspect as 33-year-old Ronnie A. Ballard. Ballard is still at large and there is probable cause for his arrest. If you have any information regarding the whereabouts of Ballard, do not approach Ballard and notify the Madison Police Department at 255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can receive up to $1,000 in cash rewards for tips that lead to an arrest. You rarely think about it, and it often goes unnoticed until your basement or building floods. 
a reliable sump pump can be a lifesaver, preventing flooding by detecting water levels and pumping the water back outside, away from your home or business. If your sump pump isn't functioning, contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. They can replace your existing sump pump, floats, and check valves. They'll even upgrade your current system to include a battery backup system. The battery makes sure your system continues to work in the event of a power outage. Away from home, receive pump activation alerts on your smart device. Enjoy peace of mind and improve the value of your property with an upgraded sump pump from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, it's Tori DeVito. In every family, small conversations can make a big impact. I grew up on tour with my parents. Kind of different, but we bonded over music just like other families do over sports, camping, or other interests. And we talked. Little everyday conversations from silly to serious that built a foundation over time. Honest conversations. Like when my dad shared his experiences as an alcoholic. Your honesty about that part of your life gave me a sense of integrity that I wanted to uphold in my own life. And I was so grateful that you and mom had become these sober, stable people who were always there for me. I wanted you to know from someone who's been in recovery more than 30 years now, that hard work is what creates success, not alcohol or other drugs, whether it's music or anything else. I said it a lot, and I'm glad you took it to heart. Talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Rob, uh, when it comes to the Green Bay Packers, now, um, uh, listen, it's the one story that's gripped uh, Packer Nation the whole time. Brian Gutekunst, Matt, uh, Matt LaFleur, uh, Mark Murphy versus kind of Aaron Rodgers. I'll throw, Matt, I'll throw Matt LaFleur out of it. Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst versus Aaron Rodgers. Well, Robbie, in Packers training camp, we saw... Aaron Rodgers and Brian Gutekunst kind of getting buddy-buddy to a degree. They're seen talking together at Ray Nitschke Field, and Rodgers called this a work in progress for sure on their relationship. Brian Gutekunst also called it professional. Uh, what are we thinking right now with the drama? Is there less drama surrounding the Packers in Week 2 in training camp with these two entities? There probably is a little less drama, but you know, I think they all understand Evo moving forward, what what they need to do to to chase the championship. But, you know, the the fans that want Aaron Rodgers back, I'm just going to throw one number at you, and that's all you have to remember. 46.2. $46.2 million is Aaron Rodgers' contract next season. And, and for you know, right right now, uh, Evo, that's 22.5% of the salary cap. He's he's not coming back. He's not sticking around. I think they've – you know, they have a handshake agreement for the most part that, that this is it. It's the last dance. They're going to they're gonna take one last run at it together. Uh, Gutekunst kicked a lot of money down the road with, with guys like Darius Smith, who's going to make $28 million next year, and David Bakhtiari, who's going to make 23 and Kenny Clark, who's going to make 21 and Preston Smith, who's going to make 20 I mean, you can't pay all these guys $20-plus million dollars moving forward and, and think you're going to field a football team unless everybody else is coming in there on minimum wage deals. And that's not how they're going to play football. They're going to play football next year with a quarterback making $3.4 million in Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers will be in a different uniform. They'll get a ton of draft uh, picks for him if he if he has a year Evo even close to what he did in 2020. 
and uh, they're going to chase. Uh, you know, they're going to they're going to keep you know trying to chase championships that way with a with a quarterback on a rookie deal and hoping Jordan Love can play. You know, specifically, you know, to to Gutekunst and and Rogers chatting a little bit uh, yesterday at, at at practice and or two days ago, I guess that was. It, 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 it's 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 going to happen. I mean, these, these guys have to have some form of dialogue. Um, and, and and Rogers wants to be in the room. When, when some of these personnel decisions are made, I you know I assume the next time that would happen would would maybe be late in camp if they're assuming you know if, if they're thinking of picking somebody up or at the trading deadline or something like that. Evil um, I, again, I I don't think he's going to have an overly large voice, and you know I think for the most part they're just going to humor him and, and listen to him. But they have to have some form of communication and dialogue moving forward to to, to get through this particular season. They're they're not just going to see each other on the practice field, kind of give each other nasty looks and turn and go the other direction. Um, they're they're going to try to get through this thing, I guess, as cordial as possible, fully understanding that the divorce is taking place in the, in the off season, um, you know, after the 2021 campaign ends. And, and, and I think, I think they all have the same goal uh, in mind, obviously Evo at the end of the day, uh, and, and they're going to try to make things as cordial as possible to, to try to get to that end point. I do think there's going to be, you know, some bumps in the road as, as, as we go here, Evo. You know, let's let's just focus specifically yeah. on you know on Randall Cobb. I mean, what what happens if Randall Cobb's not one of your five best wide receivers hmm. when when this is all said and done and he's inactive and, and the quarterback is mad? Um, you know, what happens if they pick up player A and, and the quarterback wanted player B? I, I do think there's some hiccups that can that, that will still happen through the course of this course of this year evil but you know for for now at least they're they're trying to get as close as they can on the same page and 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 try to chase the championship together well robbie speaking of being cordial and communication and all that you're talking about with rogers and gutekunst and whatever i did see that uh coming from yesterday's practice that rogers was saying that he did keep in touch with jordan love throughout the offseason to keep him in the loop where his head is at saying you know i reached out reached out a number of times to check on him see how he's doing i didn't hold things back from him yada Yada yada. I said where I was mentally. Is Aaron Rodgers trying to help out the Green Bay Packers by you know letting Jordan Love be in this loop? Something Brett Favre didn't do with him. And, and I think you hit the key point right there. I mean, it it stung Rodgers deeply. You know, all those years where where Favre froze him out, where Favre wasn't particularly good to him, where Favre and some other guys in that locker room kind of teased him and and, and played jokes on <laughs> What's him. What's that and, one story you like and, to tell about that? What's that? What's that one story you like to tell when Rogers like the helmet, the practice helmet or something? Yeah, I, I you know, I that that that's in one of the books on on far that <laughs> that that they grabbed Rogers' helmet. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, there was a lot of excitement yesterday morning when the gates to the Wisconsin State Fair opened. Our own Michelle Stangler was there, and she said there were a lot of people waiting in line to get in. That's a good sign. The weather for this weekend should not really deter anybody from going to the Wisconsin State Fair, although there may be some scattered showers in the area. 82 are expected high today, 86 tomorrow, and 86 on Sunday. I'm PM Yankee. Now, from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Friday. So today, the 6th day of August, on this day in 1945, the U.S. bombed Hiroshima. It was the first of the only two times nuclear weapons have ever been used. Of course, Hiroshima was one of the targets, and Nagasaki 
happened three days later, and ultimately Japan surrendered to the Allies and ended the Pacific War. It started on this day, 1945. And I'm thinking there might be a party someplace. On this day in 1962, Jamaica gained its independence. That Caribbean island had actually been colonized by the Spanish, and in 1962, they finally took back their own leadership. So now you know. Well, we want you to know there's somewhere in the neighborhood of $25 billion in discretionary federal monies that's being channeled towards different projects, including agriculture. Wisconsin Senator Tammy Baldwin is spearheading some efforts to make sure USDA, among other agriculture organizations, is receiving some extra financial support. More money in 2022 for agriculture, rural development, and the FDA could boost farmers, ranchers, and families in rural communities. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. The 2022 Appropriations Bill for the USDA and the FDA provides discretionary funding of nearly $26 billion. This is an increase of $2.5 billion over fiscal year 2021. Senator Tammy Baldwin chairs the subcommittee that pushed this forward. She says this bipartisan legislation aims to support a stronger and more resilient agriculture economy. Senator Baldwin is on the line with me now to share some of the details in the bill. It is a measure that is aiming at really giving much needed uh, investment and sometimes long overdue investment in the USDA to serve our farmers who've been facing really challenging times, both in the marketplace and dealing with historic drought and raging wildfires and catastrophic weather events. You know, not only did we have to face the pandemic and all of its impacts on agriculture and uh, food security. But now uh, the climate change um, that we're facing in many parts of the country is yet a remaining challenge that our farmers face. Yeah, and I understand this really impacts farmers and how they use their land and conservation practices. Yes, we have... um, A new uh, initiative, uh, the Working Lands Conservation Initiative, as well as increasing our focus on the Grazing Lands Conservation Initiative that will support farmer-to-farmer information sharing on grazing management so that farmers really have the tools um, that they need if they decide to switch over to grazing, whether that's to get a premium on their meat or change up their farm practices to increase soil health or make money getting paid for uh, sequestration of carbon. These tools are going to provide more options to improve profitability of our farmers and ranchers. And then in addition to farmers, it kind of has an overall impact on rural communities in general. Yeah, the bill certainly maintains um, critical rural development programs that improve the economy and quality of life in rural America and um, provides targeted economic uh, development resources in rural uh, counties that have been really left behind in the economy. Um, Included in that, of course, is uh, deployment of of broadband, where many rural communities have been left behind. That last mile of fiber or wireless connectivity um, isn't there. And we know from the pandemic that 
if you don't have access to high-speed broadband, you don't have uh, access to a lot of things that were delivered digitally, especially in this last year. And obviously, Senator Baldwin, you represent Democrats at Washington, D.C., but you're pretty proud to say that this legislation is bipartisan and was a product of both sides of the aisle. That's right. We worked very hard both at the committee staff level, but also with all the members of the Agriculture, Rural Development, and FDA Subcommittee of Appropriations to put together a bill that serves our farmers, our ranchers, and addresses issues of food insecurity across the nation. And those issues shouldn't be partisan, and indeed they're, they're not. And this measure was really the result of bipartisan collaboration. What's the status of this bill, and what do we have to look forward to from this legislation? We will probably begin to see floor consideration of these measures in early September. Uh, Obviously, the end of the fiscal year is coming up. We want to advance these, well, before the end of the federal fiscal year. Senator Baldwin says the sister committee in the House of Representatives will also release a bill, so lawmakers will have to resolve the differences between the bills that come out of the House and the Senate. And she hopes that gets done before the end of fiscal year 2021. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. Time for an update from the Wisconsin State Fair, brought to you by Armor Animal Health. Detecting diseases, defending animals, and delivering promises. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, trying to find out what's happening behind the scenes, I thought I'd grab my friend Kathleen O'Leary. She is the CEO, Executive Director of State Fair Park, and of course the Wisconsin State Fair here. How big is your staff? Um, I have 78 full-time year-round staff, yep. 40, 48 full-time State Fair staff. So, um, and that is a very small staff yeah. for what we do, not only putting on the 11-day event, but we put on hundreds yeah. of events, agricultural events, commercial exhibit events. So in our exposition center, we really utilize the full ground, certainly the racetrack. Right. Um, So we're we're efficient staff. Now let's talk a little bit about the pandemic because obviously we knew the state fair would come back. People don't stop and think about the financial ramifications of those kinds of things. Um, It's it's pretty rocky waters, right? Not only was it the 11-day Wisconsin State Fair and then certainly Harvest Fair we also produce as well, but there was 104 canceled events. So a very difficult, but we were very smart in our reserves early on. We've obviously had um, very good years leading up to it, seven years in a row of over a million guests coming to the State Fair. So we're okay, um, but certainly like everyone else, we look forward to having hopefully uh, not only a healthy fair, but a healthy year back to seeing right. events. Right. We want you to come. We want to welcome those that want to be here. And we totally understand that if you're just not ready, that's okay too. Always putting on the positive spin, folks. That's why she does what she does. (laughs) Kathleen O'Leary, she is the CEO and Executive Director of Wisconsin State Fair Park. And, of course, this baby that's ongoing now, the Wisconsin State Fair, the real jewel in her crown. That's an update from the Wisconsin State Fair at State Fair Park in West Dallas, brought to you by Armor Animal Health, serving animals and farmers since 1982. Detect. Defend. Deliver. Visit ArmorAnimalHealth.com. In overnight electronic trade this morning, our markets are starting off a little mixed. December corn's down a nickel at 548. November soybeans are unchanged at 1328 and a half. September wheat, that's down a penny right now, 711 and three quarters. Barrel cheese yesterday dropped three quarters of a cent to 130 and three quarters. 40 pound block cheese was unchanged, 163 and a half, while double A butter gained a nickel at $1.65 and a half per pound. 
August milk this morning's a nickel stronger, 1614 a hundredweight. September milk's up 11 at 1651 a hundredweight. We talked about it yesterday with Cody Costers from EverAg. Where is all of our dairy products going? And I'll tell you, we found out yesterday the June export market was a record breaker for U.S. dairy. It grew 4.1% to 512.1 million pounds of dairy that went beyond our borders. China still has an insatiable appetite for our dairy whey, and we saw that continue in the month of June. And butter exports soared 71.4% compared to June a year ago. So definitely there is an appetite for our U.S. dairy products abroad. Hopefully that's good news that will trickle down to our Wisconsin dairy producers very soon. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. This summer, stop by Blaine's Farm and Fleet for all your farm repair and shop needs, like a Hobart Handler 210 MVP MIG welder, on sale $829.99. Protect your ears and listen to your favorite music at the same time with 3M Digital Work Tunes Hearing Protection, just $42.99. Pick up a DeWalt fixed shop stool or adjustable stool with casters, your choice $99.99. And save on an all-terrain hand truck with 12-inch wheels. Makes moving things easy. Priced at $69.99. Plus, check out these great doorbuster deals. Krylon Farm and Implement Paint, now 10% off. Take $3 off Farm and Fleet 50-pound bags of performance dog food or 40-pound bags of original cat food. Rewards members take $5 off. Find your must-have items in-store or buy online and pick up in our convenient drive-thru. And now, if you order by noon, try our new same-day local delivery option. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. If your walls could talk, what would they say? I have sent children into fits of rage. I am responsible for a child's speech impediment. I am the reason a child can't read. Just because you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on walls, doors, windows, and sills. Today, lead paint poisoning affects over 1 million children. If your home was built before 1978, log on to leadfreekids.org or call 800-424-LEAD. Brought to you by the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning, EPA, HUD, and the Ad Council. Every customer that drives into our shop is a preferred customer. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. When you need service, we automatically hand you a preferred customer card. It's good for specials and discounts, like a free oil change. And a courtesy inspection. Tom'sAutoCenter.com Tom's Auto Center Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. In studio with us today is Susan Qualm, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Restaurant Association. We've been keeping an eye on what's happening with uh, dining out trends. We all know that everybody's got pent-up desire. And uh, how is that uh, showing up in our Wisconsin restaurant members all across the state. So let's talk, first of all, Susan, about the trends that we've seen. You and I have talked in the past about Icelandic trends or trends uh, with different things in drinks. I got to believe there was no new trends that necessarily were introduced since the pandemic began. No, as far as menu items themselves, Pam, what we saw is that definitely consumers were, were going towards what they wanted if that were familiar to them. People were looking for foods that gave them comfort, 
um, that were familiar, that they wanted to do they eat, they maybe were craving. For our, you know, table service restaurants, uh, full service restaurants, burgers are still, you know, became the kind of the number one area. I think that surprised a lot of folks. Um, the burgers rose to be the number one menu category in that in there, and pizza was number three, you know, and and chicken was number four. So I think it was definitely a a really uh, surprising trend, and and uh, for folks to not see some of the other. Uh, more functional foods that have been rising as trends, you know, and I say functional foods, things maybe that had uh, added benefits like CBD oil or some other kind of, of food uh, that people were looking for from a health standpoint. Um, but, you know, we're, we definitely saw a, the comfort food return. And, of course, um, pizza is still uh, the, the number one food uh, in, in, the, in the quick service side along with sandwiches and wraps and all of that. So it was definitely... Uh, a return to uh, the familiar this last year. Well, you know, and I do have to ask you, did we set ourselves back then as far as uh, those flavor profile developments? Because sometimes you walk in the studio and you tell me some things people are trying that I just really uh, hear in Wisconsin. But, you know, it it, it does show um, evolving of a palate, so to speak. How how bad have we knocked that kind of progress or or those folks that are willing to take a risk? What did we cost ourselves there well i don't i don't think it it set us back too far i think we're going to see those trends definitely come back as people are dining out more and and are wanting that uh sit down experience with with servers and table service they are their their desire to stretch their palates try something different is definitely still out there um we're we're seeing that in in the the most recent reports or what we're seeing on menus uh, things that are that are uh, trending, you know, if just if, you know, you're following social media, you'll start to see either cu- customers uh, posting or what we're seeing restaurants post as their specials of the day. They're definitely extending themselves back out there with unique flavors, uh, whether they're exploring new cuisines, those kinds of things. It's coming back. It, it's definitely coming back. You know, I can only sympathize with somebody that had the passion for the industry, decided that they were going to jump in try a storefront, and fail. Now, you said one option that has remained viable are ghost kitchens. Tell people what that is, Susan, and why it seems to still be finding very good favor. Well, a ghost kitchen is is a concept that you have a, you either are in an existing restaurant or you find a space of a restaurant that's no longer in business or, or maybe a, a cooperative kitchen of some kind, and you develop and, and create a menu, and you sell those products through delivery only, or maybe carry out as well. But so it's a it's a restaurant. So um, you know we have a, a there are restaurant groups here in Wisconsin who are a family style sit down restaurant, but then also developed a burger and wing concept that operates out of their back of house or in their kitchen, but it's a delivery only concept. So you're optimizing kitchen equipment you already have, staff that you already have, uh, and probably products you have or can get access to. Uh, and you create those items in the exact same kitchen and you take the orders in, in a, an electronic means. It's only you know through a delivery app or through some order, online ordering system. And you can create those products simultaneously with the items that you're creating for your sit-down restaurant. Uh, and there are some ghost kitchens that aren't associated with a sit-down restaurant. You know, they're in a cooperative space or they're in a small space that they've rented out that all they need is that, that kitchen area. 
Um, and it's licensed just like a regular restaurant, but they're only producing for that delivery carryout concept. So um, it, it's, a, it's like a food cart or a food truck. It's a much lower um, investment. Uh, and so a lot of existing restaurant companies are doing this in order to supplement their their cash flow uh, in their operation in order to, to maintain the other side of the business. Um, or it's a, a lower cost entree into the industry if you have some form of, of dream um, that you've concept that you've been wanting to put together. You know, you talk about things like ghost kitchens, food trucks. I always think about young people that wanted to get into this industry. I know that uh, I've talked with Wisconsin Beef Council on their partnership with the culinary students, and whether mm-hmm. it be in a high school level or a, a tech school or something like that, associate deans. Uh, how are what are they? How are they reacting? I mean, my goodness, there had been big demand for them before they got out of school. Before now, we're hearing it across the trades. Please just finish fast so we can get to you. Is that still happening in the restaurant industry? Oh, definitely in, in the industry. In fact, you know, of concern actually is that a lot of kids are jobbing out, you know, meaning that they leave school early and don't finish their, their, their training and get their degree, which, you know, in the short term is great because they're working longer, you know, more hours available, but then they don't finish their degree or get to finish their training, which in the end is not what's good for best for them or best for our industry. So we definitely want, um, you know, those kids to, to, to finish their, their education and then get those degrees because they're very important for, for their own um, progress and for the progress of our industry. But definitely the demand for those students is high. I mean, I, I am, you know, I don't know the latest statistics, but even prior to the pandemic, I think for every student in the Wisconsin Technical College System in either culinary arts or hospitality management, there's probably 10 job offers for them. So, you know, the the demand is is definitely there for, for those students. Well, and I said to Susan, uh, my nephew is uh, part of the fast food industry, uh, 15 years old, and he's been working for a year. Uh, that is one thing, you know, we talked previous programs about bringing in retirees for just a little bit of service to try to help out. Uh, those young people have really started to fill in the ranks, I guess, as much as they can, because that's, as you pointed out, pretty regulated uh, mm-hmm. employee. It is. Uh, 14 and 15-year-olds are very restricted into the type of work that they can do and the amount of hours that they can work. They have more freedom in the summertime, but even then they still need to go home by 9 o'clock at night. Um, and in the in the school year time, they have to be done by 7 at night um, during the week. So um, they're very limited on their hours and their ability to work. But, you know, our industry is a great first job. For a lot of folks, uh, we teach a lot of those soft skills and we teach you know a lot of things about responsibility and jobs. Um, and a lot of our uh, longtime restaurant owners uh, have become the second family for a lot of kids. So um, it's a great opportunity for kids to, to in their first position. Now, something to think about. Susan Quam, always bringing us new information that I think you can use. Our friends in the Wisconsin restaurant industry uh, still kind of making their way through the pandemic like many of us. She is the executive director of the Wisconsin Restaurant Association. This is the